says, okay, uh, we're recording now. It's already great. Okay, so let's start this bullshit, shall we? Alright. Let's do it. Hello. Hello, my name is Jay Joseph Jr., and I am your host for the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode 82. And it has been a while. We've been away for two weeks now. I am joined by uh, Michael Mahoney. Hello. I'm joined by uh, Doug Wilson. That's me. And I am also also joined by Lucio Lorenzino. That's right. All right, great. So we have everyone here except for Jared Balthouse. He will not be joining us this week. Uh, he has had mic troubles. And he is uh, leading our call from the great beyond. So I don't know what yes. we talked about. I guess we have, a lot, we have a lot to talk about. We haven't been together for a while. So I guess I don't think anything important has happened in the interim. You don't think anything important? Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. I don't I think, think anything. you've really seen anything that happened. <laughs> Well, oh, did, podcast. We, did, did E3 check us out? Did, on, we have E3? did E3 happen? Was that a thing? Mm, no, I think that's next that's thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, good night, everybody. <laughs> Oof, man, that went pretty well. I'm going to bed. Okay. All right. So <laughs> let's talk about E3. Let's talk about what happened. Let's talk about what we might be uh, excited about. I know Jarrett was there and he saw some stuff, but. Uh, He's not probably really to love talk to talk about, about it. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let me ask you this. Yeah. After Bethesda's showcase, should they have just canceled the rest of E3? Yes. Yeah, that was probably that was probably. The yeah, they idea. should have probably made Bethesda go last. <laughs> right. That's 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 true. Did you guys so they announce. So we they announced what we had Far Cry Four. I guess that's all we care about. We all we care about is Fallout Four. I mean, I have yeah. to say yes, but I'm also really pumped about Doom Four. Because that looks like the old Doom. Doom 4 looked pretty cool. That looks like the Doom that I pictured in my head when I was like five playing the actual Doom. (laughs) It looks like the Doom you pictured in your head. So this is like crazy realistic demons popping out of everything. And only took 20 years to get there. Are are you sure that was like, are you sure that was like in your head in a way that uh, we don't have anything to worry about, do we? Some people may have died. Okay. I I mean I heard I heard your family's not around anymore. <laughs> they are not. They're not around anymore. So no, also like kids play violent video games. It, it was a different violent video game that caused my, my family to not be around anymore. Well it's a different violent video game. I don't know, man. Yeah. Uh, Mortal weird. Kombat X. <laughs> Mortal Kombat X, yeah. Okay, those fatalities get to you. you you did some uh, night fatalities. Some yeah, sleepwalking yeah. fatalities. Like I was there, and you know, I had like the the steak knife, and I was like, "Oh, this is just exactly like Sub Zero Sword," you know. So, One thing so, to next. so tell me about Doom Four, have I? Because I haven't really caught up on any of the E3 trailers yet because uh, I wasn't there this year. So Doom Four is it like Doom Three? Is it like? No, it's like the old Doom. I mean, with better graphics. It's uh, it it looks more fast paced than the original it, Doom. Well, yeah, that's not hard though. <laughs> well, yeah, certainly, but it looks but like uh, it looks like your Space Marine's a little more vertical. It looks like he moves around a lot faster. So that's interesting. Yeah, but but is, there's no like cover shooting. There's there's no like atmospheric, you know, uh, light bulb shit. And yeah, that's true. You know, it's just right. like all balls are action. There's so like that thing. Done. Yeah, so that's like definite the definite old school Doom gameplay there. Right, and there's like this interesting uh, melee mechanic that they added. So if you're like are very close to an enemy, you can do a finisher, and they're pretty brutal. Oh, he kills nice. the Jesus out of some people with those finishers. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> like it just tears out like internal organs and shit. It looks now, really... can, you, can 
can you see everything? Can you like, yes. actually see things in this game? Okay, because yes. Doom 3 was a little dark. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a tip. But um, no, no, it looks, it's, it's really old school, like first person shooter gameplay, right? You know, like, used to be before where playing first person shooters wasn't about like cowering in the dark behind the wall. It was more about, you know, dodging and trying to, you know, survive and killing them faster than kill you. Yeah. Uh, I didn't that's, see that's any... That's a lot like uh, some of the Wolfenstein gameplay that we've had in um, the New Order and the Old Blood that came and out. And frankly, fr- frankly, I'm glad to have it back because like, I was also fucking tired of, like, modern shooters. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so sick of the... Like, I'm so over cover gameplay myself. It's yeah. Like, and, you know, I think the worst thing about cover is it always gives away what's going to happen next in the video game. Like, you'll be walking through a room. <laughs> just a wall. Just I see. wonder what's going on. <laughs> there's a ton of barriers everywhere. Like, oh, okay, I wonder if there's going to be a shooting section next. So that's, uh, that sounds neat. I think, uh, one, of games that, I think one of the few games that did it right was uh, Max Payne 3. Right, yeah, that's true. That's true. Because they, they really, like, did some very good environments for it. Um, and they also took advantage of the fact that you could slow down time because a lot of times it would just like drop you somewhere with no cover and you're just like fuck. Yeah, you, you get to slow it down and shoot the shit out of things. Yeah. That was uh, that was good times and it was very fast paced. It was very you know yeah. kind of twitch gameplay, shoot things, kill them before they kill me. Uh, what yeah. else? What else? Eighty three. What else do, are people interested in? Potentially excited about? Uh, I know Nintendo <laughs> just killed it. Oh yeah, Nintendo. Well, Nintendo announced new amiibos, which, sure, which I'm sure Jared is very thrilled about. I, I don't want to put words in Jared's mouth, but it doesn't sound like he had a very good time at E3. <laughs> oh, XCOM two. Sorry. There's uh, XCOM two. Okay. Yeah. It's announced. So that's interesting. Anyone care about XCOM two aside from? I care. Two? I care about XCOM two. I love the first XCOM. Yeah, I mean XCOM was fun. Fortunately, you you fucked up in the first XCOM apparently, and now you lost. Yeah, I don't. I'm not really too keen on that, but uh, whatever. More XCOMs are great. Yeah, it's it's kind <laughs> of. I have the same. Good uh, job, you won. Fun. Just kidding, you lose. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I mean I'll, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because I mean, since you're not, I guess you're no longer a worldwide organization. You're just kind of more of a insurgents, I guess. Yeah, you look more like an insurgents. Yeah. So I don't know. I, it'll be interesting to see how it how it cha- plays in comparison to the first one. And Firaxis is pretty good at delivering what um, you know that kind of gameplay. So you know, I'm, I'm excited. Okay, that's something. So uh, let's see. I'm trying to think if I had anything that got me particularly pumped about E3. But you know, now that I'm in the host role, I want to talk about the bad stuff mysteriously. So the first up on my list and is that, the division. That was a short. Uh, <laughs> it wouldn't be the Enemy Slam podcast if you weren't <laughs> yeah, incredibly we, negative. We try being positive. So, well, so after we ditch, can we talk about Fallout Four a little bit? Because I'm I've got just the bluest balls. Yeah, the bluest balls. Fallout Four. Well, you've been playing the hell out of that Fallout Shelter that they released for the iPhone app. Like, yes, I, at, at the moment, it's my game of the year, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm surprised you could keep playing it because I, you know, had it. I got up to a certain number of uh, dwellers, and then I just lost interest. Oh, I just, I just got a legendary rifle out of the uh, lunchbox. I'm super excited. But Michael, you, he spent over a thousand on this game already. <laughs> <laughs> Have you spent any money on? No, I haven't. Uh, 
I kind of figured if I started spending money, it's going to ruin the game. I haven't spent any, but they're they're pretty good about getting you those boxes like at a regular interval. Um, yeah. As far as a free to play game goes, I mean it's 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 still kind of an F F two P setup. I'm I don't know how much longer I'm going to last with it. Yeah. But it's probably seriously the best game I've played all year, and that's not like <laughs> that's not because it's, it's, it's uh, good. It, yeah, it's been an easy year to get in that uh, best game of the year so far, from what I played this year. Okay, uh, well, let's, let's talk about so, what we hit at E3, so that we can talk about Fallout, Fallout Four. Well, we, no, we, well, we can get we can we can talk about Fallout Four because I think there's a lot to talk about. Uh, so the first thing with uh, Fallout Four is man, people just went nuts over the fact you could play a woman in that game. Which I wanted to get out the way because I wanted to talk about this one in particular when they released the Fallout Four presentation they showed you how you can uh, switch your little characters between the guy and the girl uh husband and wife and play with their features and the crowd went nuts for this and i think there's been this big question as to why the crowd went nuts so i just wanted to explain that really quickly there was a rumor going I was around awfully confused by why that was such a big deal <laughs> because game journalists are morons anyway so, so yeah that's that's essentially it there was a rumor going around that uh you know Fallout 4, a couple of months ago, an ex-Fallout 4 developer had shown up on Reddit and had announced all these details about the game. And a lot of the details about the game that she announced was uh, stuff you could easily infer from Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas and other little leaks here and there. So it didn't seem like you know she was an actual insider. She just seemed like some kind of dedicated fan that had picked apart all this information. So at the time, she was written off. Everyone was like, oh, yeah, that's so lame. This is obviously fake. You're a troll, whatever. Out comes the initial Fallout 4 announcement, and we find out we're in Boston, first of all. And second of all, uh, I guess I guess a couple of other details match up with this girl's account. So there are there's a total of three details that match up with her account. So the big thing in her post is that you would not be able to play as the female character in Fallout 4 until you clear the main campaign, and then you could switch. Which everyone thought sounded like bullshit at the time, uh, because the main character was voiced and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then you know, so it finally gets around to E3, and everyone's like, "Oh, this rumor must be true now because she got three whole things right, she got three whole facts right." Everyone's reporting on this rumor, and then E3 comes around, they announce she could play as a woman, and the crowd just goes nuts. So essentially, I think what happened is they like uh, dispelled that rumor. But really, what happened was everyone had worked themselves into a frenzy over this rumor in the first place, which I think by now we know was completely not true and shouldn't have been something that should have been reported by a couple of different rags. Yeah, well, you know, all all the rumors on the internet hits. are true. Everyone knows that. Come on, guys. <laughs> they they had a source, man. They had a source. Google checks source. everything that gets put on the internet for facts. Everyone has a source. All right, a so, source. so so there, I think there's a lot to talk about with Ball Up because I think we went into it a little bit uh, on the last podcast. But I do think there's like a lot to discuss there. They showed a lot of stuff. Well, it looks it looks like the same game. It looks like Fallout Three, but better. So I want to start I'm, there. I might be getting divorced because as soon as I saw that Pit Boy, I pre-ordered it, and uh, <laughs> I I was actually one of the few lucky people that got to place an order for it. What what does uh, that go for the the set? One hundred and twenty. It's one hundred and twenty. Yeah, it's so, actually not too bad. I mean, all things considered. No, actually, this part like I saw the price and I was like, man, fucking Arkham wanted to charge me the same shit for like a broken Batmobile. Are, are, do you mean you're getting divorced because you're going to be wearing that Pip Boy from now on? Yeah, that's it, man. You'll never <laughs> take it off. <laughs> My that's, marriage is over. 
<laughs> if you can get the Pip-Boy, which I think you can. I can. So I already the ordered Pip-Boy, it. The Pip-Boy... I was, I was one of the few that lucky people that could actually make an order for it because I did it as the... As the um, the announcement was going out. Like, as soon Actually, as I saw it, I was like, pre-order. I, I think video game swag is kind of stupid, but even I had a hard time. Like, I had to I had to talk myself out of getting that thing. Uh, Tom ha- Todd Howard would agree with you. Todd Howard is the uh, one of the software designers for Fallout 4. And I believe on stage, I have the exact quote, the Pip-Boy is an important part of Fallout, and we love it so much that we made a real one. Yes, you can put your phone in it, and yes, you need an app for it, so it works with your games. That's 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 exciting. That's exciting that there's an actual app, and you'll be able yeah. to scroll through it, and there's mm-hmm. no bullshit. He says, yes, it's a second screen experience. Usually I find second screen experiences to be stupid gimmicks, but as far as st- stupid gimmicks go, this is the best fucking one I've ever seen. Oh, uh, it's a stupid gimmick. I, I, I agree with him 100%. <laughs> Well, I, I think you know. I, I think a lot of people agree, but a lot of people are also buying this thing because it keeps selling out. They put it up on their Bethesda website. They put it up on Amazon, and this thing keeps going out. It keeps selling out like hotcakes. But what Bethesda does that's really good is that they make sure people can actually buy their product, which I think is some kind of new crazy strategy in the world of video games. Yeah, that's... I mean, Nintendo definitely does not follow the same strategy. I'm pretty sure this is going to be the end of Bethesda. <laughs> so right. everybody's going to get a Pip Boy, and then nobody's ever going to buy their games again. Yeah, that's how it works. That's how business works. And that's why Nintendo won't go that route. Shooter really only made one. One <laughs> one person gets a Pip Boy, and everyone in the country has to murder him for it. <laughs> so this it's, is going to uh, be basically Afro Samurai. It, no, it's the Pip Boy games. <laughs> so. Okay. For yeah. comparison, the special edition of Mortal Kombat X yes. is $150, right? And it comes with a, a shitty statue of Scorpion and, like, a, you know, all of the downloadable content. That's kind of it. Wait, hey, is it like a Raiden hat? <laughs> huh? At, <laughs> at least you could actually hat? buy the Mortal Kombat no. one. Instead of getting it canceled like three days before game releases, like some games. Yeah, in that game, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. the special edition or, is $99, and you get releases. a comic book, a skin pack, an art book, and a statue. Okay, so Michael, what do you want to most talk about with Fallout 4? Um, man, I'm really fucking excited. <laughs> just, I just, just I want it now. <laughs> you want it now. Like I, so... So through through the entire like uh, Bethesda showcase, I was kind of like a little put off by how excited the crowd was. You know, like they're they're shrieking over Doom and whatnot. But when they got to the Fallout stuff, I had a I had a hard time not being excited myself. And yeah. Then they, announced, then they announced it's this year. This year. Yeah. We might yeah, actually have be- one game worth playing this year, guys. <laughs> it's clearly been in the oven for a while too, which is good. It it looks really good. So what I'm most interested in in this new Fallout is the opportunity to build your own settlement. Yeah. I think it's going to be glitched to hell. Like, I don't think it's going to work properly for a while. So well, yeah, but I don't care. It's a Bethesda game. I mean, what, what do you expect? <laughs> that'll, that'll be part of the charm, actually. Like, something will glitch, and it'll just be ridiculous, and you'll laugh. You'll just have a super mutant yeah. sticking out of your toilet. Of course, then there'll be a quest that's glitched, and you'll be like, ah, I fucking hate these people. <laughs> I'm not going to try to fix it on, like, 
They're super ruthless backwards or something. It's it's definitely a mechanic that I never like I never ever thought that I wanted out of Fallout. But now, but now that, that I've seen there. it, yeah, I, yeah. I got to have it. Of course. This year. <laughs> I'm also digging how the uh the new power armor is looking in this game. Every, like, yeah, it looks like you can like choose rig your own power armor, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean it actually feels like something you're going to wear and trudge around in and uh you know, it's 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 different. I think the, I think in the old games you put on power armor and all it does is add a bit of bit of weight and of course your defense, but in this one uh, it feels like it's really doing something like, oh, this is why people wear this cool shit. I mean, in Fallout 1 and 2, the end game was basically you're either a power armor wearing guy or you're a corpse. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, think, power uh, armor used to be a big deal. Yeah. Um, it's kind of cool that it's a big deal again, I guess. And, of course, there's a dog that also uh, find himself dying constantly, I'm sure. Yeah. Get those console commands, buddy. I hope this dog's easier to find than Fallout 3, because I played through the entire Fallout 3 and never found that dog. You really never found uh, that I dog? Is, that three. dog is a bitch to find. I never found it. Really? And I've played the game like two or three times, and I've just was like, ah, I'm not, whatever. I'm going. It's a dog. I remember getting him fairly early. Yeah, I found him pretty early. Uh, he died almost right away, but I found him. Yeah, I've, I never, like, I don't know if there's a quest to make me find him, and I've always skipped it, but I've never. He's, no, he's in the area of Megaton. Yeah. Is he? Oh, he, well. he is, but he's. I, I know what Doug is talking about because I found him once, and then in a preceding game, I couldn't find him. I couldn't even find like the toxic waste dump that he's hanging out in. <laughs> I just started killing mole rats and running around. And yeah. Play, oh, what game over? That sounds like what I think to do. Uh, let's see. Okay. So well, I hope that dog. I hope you don't have to keep the dog alive, or if you do, I hope that dog can't be killed. So what do you what do you guys think the the story is with this um with this uh vault dweller this guy or this girl whoever you end up playing experiment was probably being frozen and waking yeah. up he's yeah he's cryo or he's a robot cryo or a robot that sounds about right to me i mean we, we've actually had that there was a robot in uh fallout 3 like yeah, yeah and, and he came from with the old guys in the boston area yeah hey that's a good point so i think i think you know Bethesda made a big deal about you know the two uh, parents that you create their baby will reflect them and yeah. it's interesting to me that they made a, de- a deal of this if the baby never comes up again like it has to come up again somehow uh, maybe it'll be the reverse of Fallout 3 and you're the father or mother searching for the son or daughter yeah that, sound, that sounds about right Yeah, who's like oh, as old as you now <laughs> Okay, it's been like 200 years. Well, maybe he got right. frozen for a He's little while. He's cryo too, but he was released before you or some right. shit. I don't know. So I do feel like there's a bit uh, there's a bit more to talk about in general, unless uh, people want to discuss more Fallout 4. Oh, I think they, they listened to my wish. On the last podcast, I said the game needs less junk. And now <laughs> you can actually do stuff with the junk. Now you can actually do stuff with the junk, yes. And that's that's actually a great, great I, thing. I think that's a really smart idea because like, I've been playing for Vegas. Is it? Or are you just going to be lugging around mountains of shit like in The Witcher? Well, if I can turn it into something useful, yes. But like in Fallout... You can turn turn the shit into something useful in The Witcher. (laughs) Maybe once per game. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Once per game. Uh, If you you save up all your crap until like right before the last battle, you might be able to craft like a shoulder pad. (laughs) 
it's a pretty sweet shoulder pad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's the best one in the game, but except for the ones that look like your, uh, you know, your uncle going to the soccer game really drunk. Was <laughs> well, the best kind. <laughs> it is bad touch. <laughs> it is when you make a guy look like an aging pedophile. Those are the best armors. <laughs> I don't know why. That's how you scare the monsters. Monsters are very afraid of pedophiles. <laughs> like, hey, whoa, okay, I don't want to be touched. <laughs> All right. Well, I think uh, I think that's it for this conversation. Uh... Good night, everybody. So, okay. So for Bethesda's showcase between Doom and Fallout. Did anybody see anything they were even remotely interested in? I don't even remember if there was anything. You know, still gave, oh, Dishonored 2. Dishonored 2. Is, I like Dishonored. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like not even like in my top 20 games that I'm excited for, but you know, I like the first one. Okay. Well, that's exciting then. He was uh, Dishonored once, and now he's going to be Dishonored again. No, it looks like you play as a little girl you're saving in the first you're one. You're playing as like some Asian princess you rescued from the first one, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, you are. That's hot. So they're basically yeah, pulling a walking that. That that trailer strikes me as a little disingenuous because unless they've drastically changed the way Dishonored plays, like you're not gonna be able to do anything cool like she did in the in the video. You're gonna like sneak up behind a guy and then you know kill him with a sword. Isn't that like all trailers though? That. Hmm? I feel like that's all video game trailers. Right. I know. I'm. That's. I don't know, I, hopefully they learn from the mistakes in the first one and they will put a stupid morality system. Back. I remember trying to watch the Assassin's Creed Syndicate trailer and I had to turn it off almost right away because I knew none of that shit would happen in game. And if it did, it would be a very disappointing version of it. Kind of like uh, how Assassin's Creed 3 showed that huge, huge battle. Um, I think it was the battle for New York, right? Between the Redcoats and the uh, Rebels and you get into the actual game and you're fighting like six people. And you start on the trailer across. and everybody has faces and you're like, no, no. <laughs> exactly. Everyone has faces once. every once in a while. So out of, out of the Bethesda conference, I, I guess I'm the only one here that actually enjoyed the Elder Scrolls online. But even I'm not sure that, you know, the new stuff will bring me back. You know, I mean, to be fair, if I had like the time and the energy to get into another MMO, I'd probably give the Elder Scrolls online a, a chance. But. It's uh, it's not like a bad mockery of um, the Elder Scrolls, like <laughs> the systems work in telling all choice of words there. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting, an interesting way of putting it. It's it's very scaled down, and I think like if you start up as um, the Nords in that game, for example, you're going to have a real bad time because it's it's just nothing compared to Skyrim. It just looks everything looks terrible. And everything feels terrible. Uh, but if you start out as, some, as another race that hasn't gotten exposure, like I started out as the Red Guards, and I had like a lot of fun because there's not a lot of lore about them. You don't really get to go to Hammerfell all that much, and I thought it was cool. So I do want to give a quick, quick, quick uh, shout out since we're on the subject of Bethesda and Skyrim to uh, the Skyrim Libraries Volume One, the histories that we got from Titan Books. Uh, I took a look at it, and it's um. Uh, it's a it's a nerdy good time, very nerdy good time. Nerd. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a collection of stories from Skyrim. That's basically all it is. It's just a ton of the books that you actually find in game, collected in one place. And depending on how much you're into that shit, that's how much you'll be into this book. So there you go. Okay. I think that's all to say there. 
So there's a couple of things that happened this week. I think the first thing I want to talk about, because games we're excited for, I'm excited for Tomb Raider. And now I'm, not, I'm finding out I won't get to play it until about a year after release. But, Doug, I think you had a little more on that. Well, I think I, people were reporting that, but I think uh, Jared looked into it a little more because I heard it was really just a rumor. And he said it was just an internal document that maybe got leaked. So it's still possible, but not something that we should know. We should both say is is actual. Okay, so it's, it's something. It's not something that's hundred percent. It's like the uh, the Fallout uh, woman announcement that you know. There's this rumor now that people latched onto and are spreading. So here's what's funny. You won't be able to play as a female Laura Croft until you beat the game once. <laughs> Larry, you're Larry Croft. <laughs> Here's the, thing, here's the thing that's fun for me. Jared and I were discussing Electronic Gaming Monthly and uh, Game Pro, and I think you too, Michael. We were discussing it a few days ago, and Electronic Gaming Monthly, they used to pull like these really elaborate pranks. And sometimes their pranks would get to the point where other uh, websites and news magazines would actually report on them. And later on, EGM would have to apologize. You know, it's not their fault that other people reported on their, their little pranks. But I'm wondering if EGM were still successful today, and if they were like still really around, if they pulled the same kind of pranks, I'm wondering if other people would regurgitate it. And if we wouldn't get kind of a little world, War of the Worlds scenario out of them. Oh, sure. Fun. People oh, report sure. on The Onion like their, their multiplex abortion plex. And <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm sure like a rumor about, you know, having to wait an extra six months for Tomb Raider would probably be taken as gospel. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, I'm I'm pretty excited for it. I get I you know I I love the first Tomb Raider. I, I think uh, I might be the only one. I I I played every Tomb Raider game, no matter how terrible it is. I I collected all the comics. I collected all the Tomb Raider comics as a kid, and I actually still have a few of them around. I I don't know what it is about Laura Croft. Uh, I don't really? Know, really? I don't know what yeah. assets what assets she has that appeal to me. <laughs> But. I haven't been a big fan of the series as a whole, but yeah, I think the reboot was really good. And, you know, it would make me feel a lot better about having this crappy Xbox One that has no games on it if it had at least an exclusive game for even six months. It would be a killer exclusive for the Xbox One to have. And I have to admit, I didn't think there would be anything that would make me buy an Xbox One. And it probably still won't, but it pushed yeah, the, no, uh, the needle a little bit for me as to whether or not I would consider getting one. Uh, but knowing that Tomb Raider, the Rise of the Tomb Raider is going to be out on PlayStation 4 at some point anyway. It's still going to halt me from getting it. It'll also probably be on PC, you know. So, hey, speaking of PC and speaking of releases, <laughs> let's talk about uh, let's talk about Arkham Knight. Let's talk about how great that went. I believe everybody loved it. Yeah, no, no, everything <laughs> was smooth. You know, no, no problem to report. Um, what are you even talking about? <laughs> so, how about King's Quest? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's uh, we start I, with this. <laughs> so, there, oh god, I don't even know where to start with this one. This is like, this, this is, is kind of incredible, tricky. actually. So the reviews come out. You know, this is this is what disappoints me in game journalism these days. The, the 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 reviews come out and they give this video game like soaring praise. Everyone's like, this is the best Arkham game ever. This is the best Batman game ever. I love it. It's like a ten out of ten, nine out of ten. Uh, it's awesome. And I think everyone that's actually played it under other circumstances have had a different experience with it. So Everybody I want to talk who about... who didn't get paid to play it. <laughs> exactly. You, you, I think you're skipping ahead. I, I Am I skipping ahead? I think we need to talk about first how, uh, like, a week before release, they canceled the special 
edition because it sucked so much that even Warner Brothers had to be like, whoa. That's, that's true. We, we didn't even talk about that one. We didn't even um, talk about that one. And I had a lot of fun with that story. That story was uh, the special edition, the Batmobile edition, which is $200 mm-hmm. or cost $200. And they had to pull it because Warner Brothers said they were not happy with the quality of the Batmobile. Actually, I heard a rumor, and the reason they had to pull it is because they actually just did a model of a Prius instead of the Batmobile. <laughs> and so when they got the thing, it's like, know oh, what? fuck, we can't send ha- this out. Having, that, having played that game, you could have pulled me. <laughs> could have been the exact same. That being same said, like, Warner Brothers is not the best company at anything having to do with PR and like taking care of their customers. So my question is, how bad was that fucking Batmobile that they actually felt compelled to pull the special edition or whatever, collector's edition. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of money out of their pockets. Uh, and it's... Uh, Did it, like, overheat and catch fire? I don't I'm know. I think it, might, it might kill you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a brick, a metal brick. <laughs> <laughs> with painted on wheels. <laughs> again, again, you could have pulled me. So, here's the thing. I... They, they pulled the Batmobile edition about a week before release. And we get to the launch day... And the PC just has, like, a wealth of issues. And, uh, you know, uh, people are talking about, like, everything. Like, the, the details aren't right. They're having uh, frame rate issues. The game is really chugging. It's chugging on both AMD and the video. Like, I think by this point, people expect there to be problems with AMD. And I think Arkham Knight was developed towards NVIDIA technology. But even NVIDIA users were having uh, problems with it. Uh, it was interesting that, like, a few hours before launch, they changed the... Um it's just a requirement <laughs> to basically there's like so, having the so entire, much going like, on. NSA center in order to play it. There's like <laughs> so much going on with Arkham Knight. It is like it's easy to forget some of the other problems that they had and some of the other bullshit uh, Warner Brothers pulled it's over amazing. this game. And what it really is amazing where they misspelled the name of the game on the game's box. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 the, that's the official strategy guide too. <laughs> Ar- Arkham Knight, the eye is missing, so it's Arkham Nick. <laughs> Arkham Knight. And it's Bartman. <laughs> it's really amazing that they managed to fuck it up in just a like, where was, level. Where was uh, the quality control? Where was, it, where, where was all the quality insur- assurance from Warner Bros? What made them decide? They were working on the Batmobile. <laughs> it cost too much, Jay. Jeez. They had to cut costs somewhere. Oh my god, I'm like I'm like even lost in what I wanted to talk about uh, according to this topic now. So we get to the we get to the PC release version, and the PC release version is so bad that they actually have to pull it down from the Steam store and say, guys, we're sorry. And now there's speculation. I don't want to point fingers and name names, but there's speculation that there might be problems with the PC version of this game because they outsourced it to Iron Galaxy who is most known for their smash hit video game dive kick. Which is exactly like Arkham, right? I mean <laughs> It's exactly it's exactly the same thing. Right. I mean, you know, you say dive kick, you say Arkham, you put like screenshots next to each other and I can tell the difference. <laughs> uh... Wait, dive kick wasn't a Batman spin-off? <laughs> I know, right? Huh. Alright, so now at this point, I believe the issues are so extensive that Rocksteady has to now go ahead and take control of the port itself, and uh, and they're the ones handling it now. Uh, I, people are saying, don't expect the PC version of 
Arkham Knight to be re-released anytime soon that they're not quite sure when it's going to be out again, but Rocksteady is working tirelessly on getting this thing out. So that's the final word I, I think we've had on it up to this point. And we'll see where it goes from there. So what was the game plan here? Did they just hope nobody would notice? <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't know the game plan. I honestly don't know. You know, I, I've lost all my confidence in Warner Brothers as a publisher. They really just don't seem to know what they're doing with their Warner Brothers interactive department. And um, Well, how many times does this have to happen before like companies learn that it's you, you will suffer much worse if you give us a broken game? Or a game that well, you didn't even like make work right in the first place, just, just well, delay it. Just delay you know, it. I, I, yes. Jim Sterling made a very good point in his position this Monday that if it hadn't been for the Steam refunds, I don't know that Warner Brothers would have done shit about the fucking broken PC version. Yeah, and I think that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. I, I think Jim Sterling made a very good point uh, that. You know, I think Arkham Knight is the first time a AAA has decided to um, stop selling their games on the PC when it was that broken. And I think even Warner Brothers themselves, when they've had a game with extensive problems like that in the past, they went, well, fuck you, we're not doing anything else to fix this game. Like That's actually what they did with Arkham Origins. They're like, we're just not mm-hmm. going to work on the bugs anymore because we're too focused on DLCs, so fuck all the paying customers. But now that Steam refunds are a thing... Uh, the publishers, the developers, they can actually suffer their consequences now of releasing a bad or broken game. And, you know, that's that's what people feel the reaction is here, that Warner Brothers released this bad, broken game, and this is the first time they can't actually get away with it, so now they have to pretend that they actually care about if, customer satisfaction. If this is what it takes to get them to be accountable for, like, just get developers to be accountable for the games they release, then fine. But why does it have to be like that we have to drag them kicking and screaming to a point where they can just deliver us a product that's not shitty and broken. And all right, I, I, fucked up. You know, I feel like uh, somewhere in kind of the late 2000s, in 2007, 2008, whatever, there's kind of a video game drought, right? Even longer than this summer drought we're about to go into for video games. And we got a couple that were, like, really good. We got things like Mass Effect. We got things like Fallout 3. And these games came out, and they were great, and everyone loved them. But they were still kind of broken. They were still kind of buggy. They still had problems. And everyone was willing to forgive that because video games just hadn't been good in a while. Um, people were like, I, I, will, I will play for this game because it's got bugs, but it's got quality. And at some point, that just seemed to become the trend. Like, it doesn't matter if your game's not finished. We can release it and we can patch it later. You know, I think faster download speeds and all of that plays into that. Uh, where it's like, oh, people have faster computers now, they have faster download speeds, they have more powerful consoles, we can just drop a patch and fix everything after launch. Um, and, and that's become like a very dangerous attitude, and I think it does show a disregard for the customer, um, especially when crunch time and all that is the same. When people announce a release date, it's like, we're going to get out that release date. That's why That's why I'm grateful there are groups like CD Projekt uh, Red who are like, you know, this game is done when it's done. We're not just going to release it to, to meet a release date. Um, as much shit as Tim Schafer gets, it's better that you wait six months to a year until you feel like it's done to release the product instead of just, you know, trying to hit a quota. So, um, you know, but I think, I think that's the answer to your question, Michael. I think, I think there was this time where we were kind of willing to take a buggy game as long as it was a good game, but now it's become such a trend. Uh, And things are so broken too, like in such a broken state because the, the PC version of Arkham Knight is just unforgivable how they released it. 
there's no reason that it should go like that. There's no reason that Warner Brothers and Rocksteady should be scrambling right now. Someone should have been checking that well before. Like, Iron Galaxy shouldn't have been able to get, oh, yeah, it's fine, guys. Go, go open a beer. We got this, you know. They should have checked it. They should have, went, does this work? So. I wonder if they thought they would get away with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it kind of so, seems like they did, right? It kind of, it kind of does feel that way, but it it kind of feels like not. Like I would rather go back down on the Steam page, and hopefully, you know, it's going to take a while to see if companies learn their lesson. I feel like EA, um, as a publisher, like I'm still not thrilled by any EA titles, but I think they've at least gotten better in terms of um, not pulling the the skeezy hand rubbing shit that they did before. In releasing their games, and I mean, you know, they, they've scaled back a lot of the bullshit. They scaled back on a lot of bullshit. You know, Ubisoft has been acting apologetic. We'll see if if that means anything uh, in a couple of months. Yeah, that's probably not the best. Example. Well, we'll see if it means anything. <laughs> uh, you know, Warner Brothers. Now we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see if this is but all even, for the better in the long run. Even if you release a, a buggy game, because you know a lot of games right now are very like complex. Like you know, The Witcher is fucking enormous. There's no possible way that no matter how much quality control you're going to do, you're going to beat, you know, millions of players playing it at the same time, you mm-hmm. know, over all over the world. But at least they fucking act quickly on it and, you know, they patch it up. And, like, I remember that there was a game, uh, like a, a game crushing bug that was there when I started the review. And by the time I finished the review, it wasn't there anymore. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, I mean, they at least acted fast. Yeah, I, I, I value customer it. who shouldn't go fuck himself. Yeah, you know, it kind of made me feel like I supported the right company. Yeah, that is, yeah, and I, I agree with that. I just think you know, uh, Arkham was released in such a broken state on the PC that that that's something that shouldn't have been allowed to happen. Something with The Witcher, um, you know, I don't mind if I see a body sometimes go nuts and and basics go off and they bounce to the moon, whatever. Like I don't mind that. I'll forgive that. I kind of prefer it actually. <laughs> yeah, um, the stuff that's that's in the game now it's very different to. There's nothing game breaking. Some stuff can actually be funny, like the the one where like you send people into orbit is actually kind of hilarious. <laughs> so like right. it's some guy and he just flies away. <laughs> okay, so let's let's move on. Do people actually want to hear about Arkham Light? Do people actually want to hear about that gameplay experience? I uh, guess. We'll... How great is it? <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's, actually, uh... one, one more thought on this. Tell us tales of Arkham. Is this our fault? Because, like, do you think they just listened to the podcast and, like, oh, Enemy Slime already declared it game of the decade? So we oh, yeah, probably yeah. stop working on it. <laughs> Most definitely. That's, that, that's definitely all on us. Uh, Sorry, like, gamers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, our bad. bad. <laughs> Unfortunately, Arkham, despite all our other podcasts, was not the game of the decade. Uh, it's not game of the year, and it's barely even game of the month. I don't think it's even game of the week, you know? I downloaded DC Universe Online because it was free, and I played that, and I had a much better time than when I played Arkham. So, (laughs) there you go. Uh, There's, like, so the the actual Arkham gameplay, the stuff where you're actually Batman, that shit is fucking awesome. It's, like, fucking amazing. The combat feels better than ever. The predator sections are better than ever. Uh, you get some new tools that are a lot of fun to play around with. My favorite was the little voice control device. So you can select a bad guy's voice. You can select like Harley Quinn's voice or the Arkham Knight's voice, and you can use it, throw it at an object, make someone check it out, and then blow the object up. Um, because Batman doesn't kill people, 
And explosions don't kill people. They only knock them out. So that stuff is fun. I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> Unfortunately, they burn you into ash, but you know your <laughs> eyes are still blinking, and you can sweep yourself away. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, those sections were few and far between. I, I can only name one chapter of the game where I was allowed to really solve pu- puzzles just as Batman and stealth around just as Batman. Um, I cannot name any other section of the game where that I got to do that because so much of the game is about the fucking Batmobile. It's about playing with the fucking Batmobile. And I think even if the Batmobile felt good, it would still feel like a bit too much. It would still feel like they overused it. And Rocksteady just managed to smash this thing into every single portion of the game. First of all, a ton of reviews are saying how great, talking about how great the Batmobile feels. And I think those reviews are all full of shit, right? I feel like um, the only thing Rocksteady did that's good in terms of the Batmobile controls is to give it some force feedback and that feels nice. But in terms of the car actually controlling, like if you, if you turn that vibration function off and if you really speed that car through, the thing fucking sucks. I say in my review that it like handles and has the speed of a hockey puck. Um, (laughs) And if you played this in any other video game, like if this were in GTA or watchdogs or anything else, like no one would forgive this driving. People would be like, Oh, this driving is terrible. What were they fucking thinking? Uh, but, you know, as one of the few people that is pretty open about not liking the driving, uh, everyone agrees that the absolute worst aspect of the Batmobile is the combat. And the combat is kind of like this. The com- you can transform into combat mode, you know, like a fucking transformer. Enemies can shoot at you, lock on, you shoot at them, and you kind of have to roll out the way of their um, targeting lasers. But everything happens in so super fucking slow motion, like, like, everything takes forever to lock on. Everything takes forever to reload. And this is for both you and the tanks that you fight. So everything is only so slow. Uh, it's like you're having that tank battle in Jello, kind of. And it's, it's just like the worst feeling thing. It, it feels like an iPhone game. Um, wow. And, you, and you, have to do, you have to do so, so much of it. There's one battle where you have to fight something like 40 tanks. It's absurd how many times you have to do it. But beyond that, they just included in every aspect. And such a, it's such a pace-breaking thing. It's such a tone-breaking thing. It's such a game-breaking thing. So we were talking about how explosions might not kill people. So the Batmobile does this weird thing, right? Where if you're racing along and if you hit someone, uh, it will electrocute that person. So you're not actually crushing them with your car. Your car is electrocuting them instead, which, as we know, is non-lethal. It's just the silliest thing ever. That's, I would rather have people just like magically jump out of the way like in <laughs> L.A. Noir. Like having, yeah. oh, you, you hit them, but they're just electrified, not fucking dead. Whoa, <laughs> fella, you almost hurt that guy. That is I the dumbest I, thing I've ever heard. It's, it's really dumb. It's really fucking dumb. They, they make you I saw, I saw Batman sneaking into a, a, a rooftop using the Batmobile. <laughs> yes, yes. That's the thing that, that that's the thing that happened. You have that's to, stealthy, you have, <laughs> <laughs> and there are stealth Batmobile sections. And I see what Rocksteady so was going for. Well, obviously, they know that we all love stealth sections in non-stealth <laughs> games. So, <laughs> well, I mean, Batman is kind of a stealth game, but it's silly to have like a stealth car, right? The, yeah, the problem yeah, is that you know Batman is known for being a stealthy ninja that you know sneaks into and it's the night and shit, and you know doing that with a car is kind of stupid. 
It's doing well. It's not only that. That it's a car. It's like a tank. It's like a fucking tank. We call it a yeah, car. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's not tank. like a sexy like Lamborghini Diablo. It's like a fucking <laughs> tank. And you do have to get this thing on a rooftop. You have to drive around the rooftop so that you can, you know, it's like most arbitrary shit. The two the two tools that the um the Batmobile has are a power winch and a jump cable. <laughs> and you have to use those things like excessively to solve puzzles. Alfred. I must give the Batmobile a jump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is, I, I have no idea what was going through Rock City's head. I have like, no body. idea. <laughs> and that's it. I like I have nothing else to say about it. The Batmobile I you know, the Batmobile made me not want to play that game and I could never imagine throwing it into my console again now that the review's done. Um I don't even want to really go into the story. I'll go into the story really, really briefly. It is the most depressing Batman story I have ever witnessed. Like, ever. I've, I've read The Killing Joke. I've seen Under the Red Hood. It is the most depressing Batman story ever. This this particular one is just like... Uh, the whole point of this game is that Batman's not a real hero. He's not a real icon. He fails. And the whole story's like, Batman fails. And that's it. I'm like, good job, Rocksteady. You got what you're going for. Batman Everyone fails. gets pancreatic yeah. cancer and dies. <laughs> <laughs> no more. That might as well be the plot. That might as well be the plot. Batman uh, faces the toughest villain ever. Early onset Alzheimer's. Batman actually <laughs> accidentally punches a little boy's head off. You know, you guys, you guys are joking, but you guys are almost like 100% accurate in all of these. Uh, you know, Scarecrow, his big evil plan is to release spare toxin, which makes everyone go crazy. Batman is like going crazy the entire game. Um, he's seeing things that aren't really happening. He's forgetting things. Uh, he becomes like an unreliable narrator and his brain manufactures like a Joker sidekick. So the Joker's with you the entire game, uh, just saying stupid shit in your ear and it's cute at first and then quickly gets annoying. A ton of people die. Uh, I think Batman gets four people killed. Poison Ivy dies. You know, that's the game. Hooray. Fun. Cool. Fun times. Sounds Video like game. A, <laughs> sounds like an uplifting story. <laughs> all right. So, so, so what else, all else have we played? What have, you, what have you played, Michael? You said you played something. We need to talk about oh, Fallout Shelter. All right, Fallout Shelter is it. I've, I've played a lot of Fallout Shelter. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and what, what about you, Lucio? I've been playing Life is Futile. And um, Shadowrun Chronicles Boston. I hear you've been loving both of those. So I mean, I, I want to like Life is Futile if it would let me play it. So you've been having, you've been having like, like issues getting in is the problem. No, actually, that was just one time. Um, okay. The big problem that it has is that when you open the menu and the tooltips, for some reason, the mouse just stops working. Huh. Until you like randomly open and close windows and it starts working again. That's uh, yeah, it's bad. It's but this, is, this is still this is still early access, right? It's it's alpha. It's an alpha. It's so, an alpha. So it's, yeah, it's not even like a a, a point zero one barely. So and that's no, 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 no. They they have yeah. time to fix it. It's just yeah, it's annoying because I, I want to like you know get in there and you know do feudal stuff and <laughs> and it won't let me. I mean, it so, won't let me, but it's just so frustrating. So tell us about some of the good in the game then. Um. So basically, you start in in some. So far, it's been islands. Um, you start in a map, and you are naked, so you have to start, you know, basically you make your clothing, and it's just a building game. It's kind of like... That's always sexy. Um, so but so you, you start randomly naked, so it's kind of like all those other survivor uh, titles. Right. The, um, 
Well, the twist on it is that it's actually said in like a few times. So, you know, you you build barns and things like that, and they're all, um, you know, medieval themed. Now, I haven't successfully built anything. I have made weapons and tools, but I just can't have the patience to put up with the mouse long enough to build anything. Yeah, that's a, that's a problem. So um, let, me, let, me, let me ask this question. Why do all Survivor games start you naked? What is that? I don't know. Like, it sounds like it's, it sounds like you're in feudal times. You should at least have like a burlap sack, right? We were born into the world naked, and we died naked. Okay, and one of those isn't true, but it's, it's always from? interesting that um, it also starts you like always by a beach, and I don't know why. It's always by a beach. Yeah, it's always that's, by a beach. That's probably the story. Is like you were you were going for a swim, <laughs> and then some evil knight stole your clothing. So now you got to like build a. You have Down. been made from the salt of the ocean and the, the earth, and That's now good. you exist. That works for me. So you haven't um, really built anything yet. What have you done? I've made a few. That's the other thing. Is like everything is empty. Like all of the servers I go to are empty, and I don't know why. Because I always look up to see if there's players. Um, one time I found uh, a, a area that was uh, claimed by a group. And the game was like, oh, you know, if you stay here, they, they might attack you. And I'm like, well, fuck it, let's go in more deeper in. And they hadn't built anything. All the thing, <laughs> all the build was like a, a monument, but there was nobody there. Well, um, I mean, it's something. It's kind of like Second Life, except, uh, I don't know, man, there's always like active players and there's a ton of servers. And the problem is that the game never, at least so far, hasn't like kept track of the servers that I've been in. Yeah. So... That makes it even harder. So, so what could you potentially build? Like, like what is there potential for? You can build tunnels. You can build entire cities. You can build walls. You know, castles and shit. It's pretty, pretty deep. The problem is, like I said, is it, it's just finding the patience to to put up to with the fact that the mouse stops working. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a problem. Well, hopefully, hopefully they fix that soon, so you could get back to really. Yeah, I should, I should probably report it. Um, right. I haven't had the chance. Yeah, yeah that might be good. Uh, Doug, have you gotten to play anything interesting? No. Hey, we have Shadowrun Chronicles too. You do. I did, and I don't want. I don't want to. Uh, I, I want you to talk about it. I do want to hear about it. I just want to see if there's anything else before we move on. I guess we just you. wanted to make sure that Doug didn't have a good week. <laughs> it's terrible. I, I wanted to make sure it's as bad. Oh as me and yeah. All right. There you go. That feels better. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, let's let's hear about Shadowrun Chronicles. So this was not this is not the new one. This is not by Brain uh, Hairbrain schemes. It's um, is, this, is this the MMO that's like not actually an MMO? It's not an MMO. Oh. It's a multiplayer squad base um But it's not it's not even multiplayer to my, to my understanding. Huh? It's not even multiplayer to my understanding. It is multiplayer. Well, it, it has is. a it's multiplayer okay. con- component. I got you. Okay. Um so it's, imagine if you had XCOM and you put a Shadowrun skin on it, and then didn't do any of those things well, that's pretty much <laughs> what it is. Okay, uh, well, that's... Uh, gotcha. That makes me want to play. <laughs> Am I selling this to you yet? Yeah, you're so, doing a great job. So let's start with the, the nuts and bolts of the game, right? So it's a, it's a squad-based tactical game, uh, and it's divided in missions. Um... Now, this brings up a problem because 
you build, you make only your own runner, right? So it's not like XCOM where you make an entire group and you can like, customize another one. Um, so you have two options. You can either recruit the CPU-controlled guy so you can um, try to play with somebody else. The people that you have available to hire are usually very limited in the range of skills. So you have one guy that's really good at shooting, but nothing else. Uh, you have a decker that, you know, it's really good at decking, but doesn't have uh, a weapon. Um, oh, wow. So stuff like that. That, that makes is, it incredibly uh, frustrating. It play, sounds so. incredibly frustrating, actually. It sounds like, you know, even a little bit of utility in other Shadowrun characters uh, really help a lot in that game. Yeah. Um, and, and then the problem is that once you are in the actual, like, um, combat mode, first of all, there's no surprises, right? Because it is a... Uh, the type of game it is, you know, when you're like, oh, you have to sneak into this, uh, you know, mega core very quickly and we'll have matrix support and there won't be any problems, you know, like, of course it's going to be a problem. It's, otherwise, there wouldn't be a fucking game. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the deck, yeah. the, your decker will obviously fuck up every time uh, <laughs> because otherwise you wouldn't have a game. Now, so, I heard there's a, there's a mission where you had to steal the Red Sox trophy. Yes, and then the the crazy Red Sox tank attack you. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's roaming dogs inside the stadium too, which makes no sense. Um, so the actual like strategy aspect is very bare bones. Like you can either attack and move, and then you know maybe if if you're a decker and there's somewhere to deck, you can deck. But the decking doesn't really do anything other than like open stuff. Uh, oh, maybe okay. like you know freeze some turrets or something like that. Um, so, so is good. it is it one of the is it one of those titles where you like absolutely need certain classes each run? You need to you need to have at least somebody that can shoot. Okay. Um, All right, but it's not like you like need a decker every time. No, but uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the good loot is behind. It's behind decking. Deck, I got deck you stuff. Hmm. Um, and then the, it's very rare bones in the sense that there's also not a lot to do. Like like I said, you can only move and shoot. So for example, in other games, you usually have like some sort of defensive position or you know or like Overwatch type thing where you can you know shoot people that are incoming. There's none of that subtlety into the combat. You either shooting or you're moving and. Or you can end the turn, and that's it. Well, you know, and and um, while I like the product that Hairbrain Schemes put out, there wasn't a lot to do in there in the first place. So the fact there's even less is uh, doesn't sound very good. Who who made this title? Who worked on it? Uh, let me check. It's not Hairbrain Schemes. It's somebody else. All right. So while we wait for Lucio, uh, you, you two used to play Shadowrun, like the actual the actual tabletop. Yeah, and I'm thinking about this. Um, maybe Lucio, you can kind of, because I, I haven't played played even the Hairbrain Schemes game. But so what? What I always consider to be a good Shadowrun game is one where, like, you do your legwork, you make a plan, you get in, you do your job, you get out smoothly. Like that's an ideal Shadowrun in right. like in a tabletop Shadowrun game. Mm-hmm. But in in like a video game, do you think you can make that work? Like, is there? Is there a fun game where you like get in without incident because you planned well and then you leave and then you're okay? Mm, I guess you could. Rockstar has a pretty good 
framework with GTA Five. They just you know used to. Yeah. They have. A, yeah, I think I think I think that's right. I think GTA Five. What there's one heist where things went wrong. Yeah, and that was Please it. Hunger Productions. It's the name. Yeah. But yeah, that could work as a shadow one. You, you don't do that in the harebrained schemes because harebrained schemes does not do a very good job of debriefing you on what the run is. Like they'll give you like a general line as to what the run's going to be, but uh, from there you kind of have to figure it out on your own. And the you thing know, about the harebrained skin games is that you at least like if you hire a decker, and make him, maybe he will suck at shooting, but he'll at least have a gun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So you know he won't just be useless. Um. They're just sitting waiting for something to hack. Okay, so so who is responsible for the abomination called Boston? Cliffhanger, Cliffhanger Games. Mm. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, like even the Genesis version of Shadowrun back from like the '90s, you could you could set up a run like it, it was primitive, but you could like, you know, you could get the maglock key and you get the corporate badges, and so you could actually do a successful run where you got in, didn't have to kill anybody and leave. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think there's a fun game there that they should be doing, but they're not? Absolutely. I think so. Yeah. I, I I definitely think so. Yeah, so think the so. other the other part it gets wrong is the Shadowrun aspects, right? Yeah. So it doesn't feel like Shadowrun. So one of the things that you you can say a lot of the Hairbrain Scheme games, but it, they really nail the feeling and the kind of tone and atmosphere of Shadowrun, you know, everything is kind of dark and depressing, but there's also like, you know, cool stuff going on. This is kind of like lighthearted and that's not necessarily a bad thing from where I'm standing, but the way they do it is just weird. Well, it's, it, it sounds like, it sounds like, like from, yeah, go yeah, ahead. It feels like they're trying to prove that they are Shadowrun fans. So like you will be walking like some up to some guy and uh, you know you tell him oh you know I met a mage and the guy's like oh yeah you know I always kill the mages first ha 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 or you know you you, you encounter a dragon <laughs> in one of the missions and they're like remember don't make any deals with them I'm like I mean, never deal with a dragon right and they do it like hee 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 you know like Look, yeah that's 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 too. No, nothing is like a bigger boner killer to me than that kind of like self-referential wink. It's like, yeah, yeah, we we played the games. Remember when that used to be on the book? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's <laughs> pretty silly. It sounds to me though that like even though <laughs> it sounds to me like even though they do these uh, these little things to prove their fans, it sounds like they get some of the basic stuff wrong. They do. So that's that's unfortunate. Like you, like your runner, they don't really know what running is. No, you come in and you're like, oh, you know, I want to be a runner. People are like, okay, here's you know, go go do this. Here's your orientation you know. packet. Go like, talk to you know, That's another thing that Herbrain skips <laughs> as well, right? Like, you're a world-weary motherfucker by the time you, you start the game, you know? Uh, even when they, like, make, um, like, a background for you, they leave it kind of big so, you, you know, it's like, oh, you know, this guy, and now he's dead. And that's all they give you as a background. Um, but it's, a, it's enough to, to build a narrative from, but, you know, it's still not too much that you don't have anything. Did here you're just like an empty shell. Right, oh. right. One thing that right. I like, though, is the character customization is great, but that's kind of like the one good point that I have to give it. <laughs> but when you, say it, when you say it's great, you mean like the, the physical cosmetics. features? Yeah, the cos- cosmetics of the character customization. So, you know, yeah. you, can, you can literally pick you, you can, you can wear You can wear a Red Sox cap. You can. But no, no Yankees cap. No, no, yeah, he's, he's all right. right. One, one, one out of five strange... climbs inferior. 
He has a strange fascination with the Red Sox. Uh, it's set in Boston, so that's fine. And there, there's this though, whole like side quest where you have to convince. We have to convince a troll to let his uh, his sister go into the Red Sox game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I've been to Boston. That's pretty much all they do is they go to Red Sox games. All right, let's wrap it's this nice, up. We're, it's we're, nice to see that they survived the awakening. We're we're running we're running uh, um, to the hour limit there. Any final thoughts? I want to talk about Final Fantasy VII. You want to talk about Final Fantasy VII? Let's get that out real quick. So, I know all of you are pumped, but don't be because Nomura is an asshole and he's going to ruin. <laughs> we didn't even yeah. cover Final Fantasy VII, and I think people do actually have things to say on that. It might be better to save it for the next podcast, but it does not look good. <laughs> I'm just going to say well, this. Like, everybody's excited, timer. but do you really think Square Enix is not going to fuck this up so bad? that it's... Well, we're not excited. Well, not yeah, you guys. Everybody else is excited. Everybody but us. It's it's going to be so bad that anything that you loved about Final Fantasy VII is just going to be wiped off the map. Like, it's going to make you hate the the original retroactively. Yeah, we have any? I'm, we haven't talked about. I'm going to put it like this: Tetsuya Nomura. It's already said that he's going to fuck with the story. He's going to fuck with the combat. He made Advent Children, um, and. We found out today from an IGN post that he didn't even know he was making the game until like an hour before the fucking press conference. <laughs> you know, you know, you know what's um, going to be the best part of Final Fantasy VII? When you if can they, bring back Eris. If they re- recreate that sequence um, from Advent Children where everyone throws everyone else into the sky. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> Did you guys, you guys remember that? <laughs> I, I unfortunately do. I think it was I'm like the dumbest it's... thing I've ever seen in cinema. And that's why it stayed with me. Okay. The best part will probably be the suicide pill they give you with the game. So the game probably is the suicide code, the game itself. All right. Like, basically, so, like, basically we, fans wanted one thing from Square Enix that they could possibly fuck up. And it turns out they can. And let's, we didn't even get to talk about Worlds of Final Fantasy or Final Fantasy World, whatever it's called. Doesn't that one look amazing? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, absolutely it's incredible. incredible. Uh, right. This has been the Enemy Slime Podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us this week. Um, I think Jared will be back next week. Hopefully, he gets a fucking microphone so I don't have to host this show again. Be sure to visit us www.enemyslime.com. Uh, you know, look us up on Twitter. That's at the Enemy Slime. We are on iTunes. Look at our thing, our iTunes. Search the Enemy Slime on iTunes. You're on Facebook as well. And please, 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 we need money. We're trying to go to uh, conventions. We're trying to get a new website. We're trying to do a ton of stuff and give you more interesting podcasts with a host that we can give a very hard time. Ma- so, Michael uh, has, uh, hasn't eaten uh, anything in like three days, guys. Give yeah, and that's all your fault. So, so be hungry. Sure, be sure to, uh, to donate to our Patreon. Check that out. And I believe with that, we are out. Visit our MySpace.